We are back on the More and Better Disciples podcast. Pastor Phil, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Keith. It seems like a whole year since I last talked to you. I know. I've missed it so much, but so glad to be back here on the podcast. And man, what a great first weekend of 2024 as we celebrated Pastor Rob being here for 30 years. Uh, What an accomplishment. 30 years, three decades, that is a, I mean, really, that is an amazing thing because you just don't see long-tenured pastorates, either from lead pastors or associate pastors or, or anybody in his in his position. And so that, I mean, just an amazing uh, milestone for him, for Tula. And again, as I said on stage when we honored him, I think the thing that just blows me away is just how they have maintained a sweet love for the Lord, a love for one another, and a love for this church over the many years. That That's, that's a huge thing, and that's only God. I mean, only God can do that in someone's life. Yeah, it's such an incredible testimony, and uh, just a special moment as, uh, like you said, we honor them with a custom Cowboys jersey. If anybody knows Pastor Rob, they know he's a big Cowboys fan, and fittingly enough, the Cowboys clinched the division uh, last night, so a little uh, little present for him, but your Bucks also in the playoffs this coming weekend. How do you feel about that? Yeah, they did everything they possibly could to lose to Carolina, and they still won the game uh, nine to nothing. Which kind of reminds me of all the Bucks games I went to when I was a kid in the '80s. Uh, every time they had a final score, it was always a multiple of three because all they did was kick field goals. Hey, there you go. Every point counts. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, let's get right into the topic for today, and that is based on the sermon series that we just started, and that is many more in twenty-four talking about making more disciples. So excited for this. Um, and so you know, we'll start right out of the gate with our purpose statement here at Crossgate, which is that we make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Now, we've talked a lot about that. We hear that a lot here at Crossgate. And we've talked a lot on the podcast about making better disciples. But when we say more disciples, what, are we, what exactly are we talking about, Pastor Phil? Well, that's a fundamental question, Keith, and of course that is 50% of our purpose statement, uh, making more disciples for Jesus Christ, and really what we're doing is we're talking about helping people to take their first step. You know, we've got our uh, Next Steps disciple-making strategy here with four key steps within that strategy, the first of which is make a decision, and then of course join a group, become a member, and meet a need. But to make a decision specifically means someone is making a decision to either trust Christ for the first time, they're making a, a profession of faith in Jesus, uh, that they have been saved, and they're receiving Christ as their Savior and their Lord. And the other part of making a decision is to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. So when we say we want to see many more in 24, what we're saying is we want to see a lot of people in, specifically in Hot Springs and Garland County, but really around the world through the ministries of this church, making a first-time faith commitment to Jesus Christ and following in believer's baptism. That's what it means to make more disciples. That's great, and thank you so much for clarifying that. Um, but I want to point out something that you said in the sermon yesterday that I think is really important to understand. Um, although we're kicking the year off with this sermon series, you said that when it comes to making more disciples— It's not about a sermon series or a church program, but it's about building a culture. Uh, Why is that important, and how exactly do we do that? Yeah, absolutely, man. So making more disciples is is really what we're all about, is what we do. It's who we are. And so you can't limit that to four to six weeks on Sunday mornings for a particular topic, and then you drop that and move on to something totally different. 
you, you also can't allow that to be limited to certain portions of our church or maybe certain programs that only take place at certain times uh, that, that only have a certain number of people participating. When you talk about a culture, and this is true of any organization, not just a church, uh, you're talking about something that really permeates the entire organization, that, that every aspect of what we do is locked in and geared to and nested in whatever this cultural touch point is. Uh, and of course, creating culture takes time. That's one of the reasons you can't limit this to a four to six weeks teaching series. I mean, you're not going to really change a whole lot of anything in four weeks, but what you have to do is you have to identify what the culture is going to be and then simply create it over time, in many cases using what we have called before the drip method, right? Again, you can't just dump everything on people in a few weeks and expect it to stick. Uh, you've got to use the drip method. So for example, for over three years now, really ever since I came as pastor, I've been talking about making more and better disciples. Uh, we've, been, we've been giving our definition of a disciple on a regular basis. Now in October of 2020, that's when we officially made it our purpose. And, and we officially adopted our definition of a disciple. And do you want to take a wild guess how many times we've given the definition of a disciple or repeated our purpose statement here at Crossgate Church? Wow, I would, I would venture over a thousand times. Your guess would be as good as mine because I have no idea, but it's been a lot, right? I mean, it has been a lot. And what I found years ago is that whenever you want to establish something as a part of your organizational culture, you probably have to say it about 500 times, and then somebody is going to say, you know, I think I've heard that before. You know, I mean, you really have to just say it over and over and over again. And, of course, that means that what you're communicating to your organization, one, has to be simple. It can't be long and convoluted and complex. Second of all, it has to be repeatable, right, because you're wanting people to take ownership of it and internalize whatever it may be. I don't know what percentage of our people could tell us uh, from memory off the tops of their heads what our purpose is, but I guarantee it's a lot. But the only reason is because we have been we have been consistent, we've been faithful in just bringing that back to our people again and again and again and again. Of course, just because we get up and say it over and over and over again, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to uh, follow suit and that their lives are going to be changed and, and, and in alignment with it. But I tell you, it's going to increase the chances big time. So that's why we've constantly gone back to more and better disciples. I jokingly said, but I was dead serious yesterday to the congregation. I said, you know, I'm so fired up about more and better disciples. I even got a custom license plate from the state of Arkansas. The back of my vehicle literally says M-A-B-D on the license plate. And I'm the only person in Arkansas that has one of those. How about that? That's pretty cool. So yes, we are all about creating that culture here at Crossgate Church, and I personally believe the first step, it's not, it's not the all, the be all, end all, but the first step in doing that is to identify what you want your culture to be and then just keep it in front of your people again and again and again and again. Yeah, that's really good, and um, you're exactly right. I, I think that repetition is important. Uh, the more that we hear it, the more we internalize it, uh, even if we don't realize it. Um, and, man, I wish that I could get an MABD license plate, but um, I, they probably won't let me do that. But if I could maybe drop a little little hint, um, we, we might have uh, some MABD options coming up soon in the spring um a little part of uh i guess what you would call drip method oh yeah um you got to get that drip uh discipleship is it is uh, it drip or fit um i don't know i don't, I don't know. we got to ask pastor josh I, he's he's the 
He's the Gen Z expert on our campus. Yeah, but we're, we're going to use our drip and our fit to make more and better <laughs> disciples right. here at Crossgate. Um, well, Phil, you mentioned something in that last response uh, about our definition of a disciple. Um, it's probably important if we're going to make more disciples that we understand exactly what a disciple is. Um, so maybe explain to us what is a disciple and why is it crucial for us to understand that? So back in 2019, this was a year before I came as pastor of this church, I participated in a year-long cohort called the Bonhoeffer Project, uh, named after Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor and theologian, who was big on discipleship, his classic work called The Cost of Discipleship. And one of the aspects that we talked about in the Bonhoeffer Project was to come up with a definition of a disciple, which is kind of like a no-brainer now, but at the time I thought, well, that's kind of different. And uh, according to Bill Hull, who's kind of the founder of the Bonhoeffer Project, he has often said that less than 2% of all churches have actually taken the time to come up with a, a clear and concise definition of what a disciple is. And so that was one of the requirements in going through the cohort. So the definition that we use here today, I actually developed in the cohort. Uh, and our definition, of course, is that a disciple is a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow him. And once that thing kind of coalesced and, and gelled in my mind, I said, man, this, this is it. And of course, as we said yesterday, you've got to have a target. No matter what you're doing, you've got to set a goal. You've got to, you've got to have a picture of what you're trying to become if you're truly talking about transformational leadership. And so to have that definition, but also again, the, some of the criteria for creating the definition was it had to be within X number of words, so we're looking for an economy of verbiage here. You, yes, I'm sure you could write a 250-page uh, paper on what the definition of a disciple is, but that's not going to stick to any culture. It's got to be short. It's got to be repeatable and, and all of that. So again, you know, we, we went with that. I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that if I went back to the very first sermon I ever preached at Crossgate Church, I probably mentioned my definition of a disciple in there somewhere. Uh, because I realized even from the get-go that unless this becomes, uh, you know, repeatable and people hear it often, then it, it's just going to become another, you know, another little talking point. I would tell you this, man. When these days, and I feel like, again, we talk about disciples and discipleship a lot at Crossgate Church. Now, there's a lot of churches that talk about discipleship and making disciples, but they never actually define what that means, right? Same thing for uh, any type of pipeline or strategy. Okay, how are you actually going to make disciples? And I mean, spell it out down to how are your groups going to work and what, what specific format are you going to use? And, and a lot of the details that are second nature to us at Crossgate Church, because especially you and I, man, that we love this stuff, right? We, we talk about it all the time, leading multiple D groups and all the rest. But a lot of times when I get around pastors and other church people and they start talking about, not, not at Crossgate now, but in other places, and they start talking about discipleship or making disciples, I'll be honest, I get bored really quick because they don't actually talk about any of the details. They just want to talk generically and, and abstractly about disciples. We don't do that around here. We, we get very specific, and I think when, when you get specific in, in, your, in your vision and in your plan, then you tend to get more specific results as well. So yes, uh, to have a definition of a disciple and to keep that in front of our people on a regular basis I mean, I feel like after three-plus years of doing this, almost four years, we're just scratching the surface, right? We're just scratching the surface on, on really helping our people to understand what it means to be a growing follower of Jesus. Yeah, and just to, to clarify for those who might be listening for the first time or not familiar, maybe you're new to Crossgate, 
Our definition of a disciple is a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow him. And I love that so much. And I especially love because I love the fact that within the definition of the disciple, we have a call to make more disciples, lead others to follow him. And that's what we're talking about today. But Phil, if we're being honest, when we talk about making more disciples, specifically the topic of evangelism, people can tend to get a little nervous. Uh, Maybe their past experiences or they're just unsure of what that looks like. Um, But you said that we have a duty to make more disciples. Is it okay for us to think about making more disciples as our duty well, that's a great question, Keith, because, uh, you know, we, we went into this a little bit yesterday in the message. Uh, first of all, I think Jesus certainly speaks from a position of authority. I mean, literally, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. So he's kind of large and in charge. I mean, he, he gets to call the shots. And so if he tells his disciples to do something, then we kind of have a responsibility to obey. Uh, I mean, even obedience itself is, is packaged in the Great Commission, teaching them to obey not just to consider or to think about or, or maybe get around to doing, but to obey everything that I've commanded you. So, yes, it is absolutely legitimate uh, for us to say that we as disciples and followers of Jesus have a duty, we have a responsibility to share Jesus Christ. I would even go so far as to say this. If, if, if we as individuals or as a church are not somehow, some way endeavoring to bring lost people to Jesus Christ, we're not right with God. Okay. Now that may sound kind of hard, and that may sound as though uh, you know we're we're, uh, we're we're tightening the screws in a way that maybe Jesus wouldn't do it. Uh, but the fact is, Jesus said, "All authority has been given to me, and this is my command to you to go make disciples." Now that said, we also talked yesterday about the danger of a of a faith that is largely uh, duty driven, right? Just it, it's all about oh, I've got these duties to fulfill. The, in addition to the two things we said yesterday, which is one, oftentimes when, when, we, when we act out of primarily a sense of duty, we lose sight of the warm, loving relationship that God wants to have with us. But two, our primary motive ends up being fear. Oh, if I don't do this, God's going to get me. Okay, but here's another thing to think about. If, if this is primarily just a duty, then we also falsely lead ourselves into believing that we've got to do it in our own strength. It's all about me going out and doing this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. Next Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, the whole message is going to be about the power to make more disciples, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, so that going out and making more disciples is not me somehow trying to accomplish anything, but rather it's me simply allowing God to be in me and do something through me. And, and, and that may sound like just a, a, you know, a little wordplay there, but I'm telling you the difference between those two things is the difference between north and south. It's the difference between east and west. I mean, it's so different. And so even the idea, quite frankly, of, of the understanding of being full of the Holy Spirit and allowing God's power to be in and through us, that, that may be a foreign concept to a lot of people, a lot of Christians. So we're going to talk all about that. But the fact is, as I said uh, in, in yesterday's message, that while we don't want to be uh, you know, primarily duty-driven, I personally believe, especially over the last 10 or 15, 20 years, the pendulum has kind of swung back in the other direction, so a lot of Christians don't really see anything as required. I mean, let's just be honest. Most Christians see almost every aspect of the Christian life as optional. 
you know, and I'll just kind of figure out what I need to do or what I want to do and what my family's going to do. And, 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 and it's like going to, um, well, good old Golden Corral, right? And you just go down the deal and you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you don't want this and you don't want this, right? So I, I, I would have a problem with anybody who, does, who just simply says, yeah, Christianity is not, not about a duty or a responsibility because, I mean, Jesus is still Lord. He is still King of kings and Lord of lords. So, yes, we do have a duty, however... It's important that we don't see who we are as primarily duty bound. Yeah, and I appreciate you making that distinction. But uh, and, and even thinking about duty and and how that plays into our Christian life, you know, a, a lot of times we want to talk about love and God's love and um, and He loves us and I, and all those things are important. And obviously, the great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But Jesus also said, "If you love me." keep my commandments. That's right. Right. And, and so there's a connection there. Yes. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also keep my commandments. Well, even, yeah, exactly. First John chapter two, four through six, we brought that into the message yesterday where, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically it says, if you say you're a Christian and you're not obeying Jesus Christ, you're a liar. That's some thorny language. Yeah. Right. But again, that's not Phil Kramer. That that's the Bible. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, challenging, but very good. Things that we need to hear. Um, well, I think we've established the fact that we have a duty to make more disciples, and it's not just pastors. It's not just vocational ministry people. It is every believer, every follower of Jesus has this duty. But if we're being honest, it can be uncomfortable at times. Um, but you said that obeying Jesus's command to go requires us stepping outside of our comfort zones. Uh, why Why do we need to understand that? Well, because, I mean, in this culture, especially in this culture, uh, talking to people about Jesus Christ, and I'm, when I say talking to people, I'm talking about having conversations with people who don't go to church, who aren't necessarily religious and that type of thing. To have a conversation in this culture about Jesus Christ, Jesus is becoming more and more the most polarizing name and the most polarizing person in, 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 all, in all of history and certainly in all of the world in, our, in which we live today. Uh, and so we're always going to default as Christians. We will always find it much more comfortable to focus on making better disciples than to make more disciples. I mean, what's easier? Hey, let's go to the church and let's pop in a Tony Evans video and watch the Tony Evans video and sit around and talk about it. Or... Hey, let's go talk to some folks out there who don't know Jesus and let's share the gospel and let's share our personal testimony with them. 99% of Christians would probably say sitting around and watching a Tony Evans video and having a discussion, answering some discussion questions is, yeah, that, that's much more uh, comfortable for me. Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying that that's more comfortable. In fact, here's the, here's the great thing, Keith, and we're going to hit on this this upcoming Sunday. The fact that this is a challenge for most people, the fact that this makes most people uncomfortable is all the more reason why we should understand that we need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit, that when we do find ourselves in those situations we are sharing, all glory to God because we can say this was absolutely of God and not of me, right? But the fact is, yes, we will have to step out of our comfort zone in different ways, but the good news is that you don't have to step out of your comfort zone in your own strength. You step out of your comfort zone filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at the apostles. Look at the disciples in the book of Acts. I mean, they repeatedly, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and, and boldly spoke about Jesus. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned that a lot of times it's easier for us to, you know, get in a room with fellow believers and to, you know, study the Bible and go deeper in our faith. And, and that's important. Uh, that's a, an important part of becoming better disciples. Um, but it's also just as important to make more disciples. And I think that um, a lot of times we fear confrontation because we might encounter someone who doesn't agree with us, who doesn't believe the same things that we believe. Uh, but to your point, that's why it's important to be filled with the Spirit. Um, but you said that, you know, a lot of times people focus more on better disciples, but a lot of churches do that, right? A lot of churches, a lot of ministries tend to focus more on making better disciples, often to the detriment of making more disciples. Why do you think that is, and how do we make sure that we're adequately balancing both? Okay, first of all, this goes back to the last question. Let, let's, let's say we have more disciples in our right hand and better disciples in our left hand, right? And, and, and we almost, by doing that, we imply that people have to choose one or the other. Okay, I, yesterday I called this a false dichotomy. It's like, okay, is this particular ministry that I have going on at Crossgate, whether it's, whether it's a particular ministry on Wednesday night or it's my life group or it's anything in particular that we're doing, Elevate, for example. Man, Elevate's a great example, right? Um, and and, and we, we almost feel like we have to ask ourselves, okay, is this a more disciples ministry or is this a better disciples ministry? Okay, so there's this, there's this dichotomy there. The bottom line is, though, is that every ministry we have at our church can do both. It's, it's a both and kind of proposition. So one of the challenges that I, that I gave yesterday and I will continue to give, again, well beyond this month of January in this teaching series is I want to go to these individual ministry leaders, even for, uh, you're in the room. I mean, you're one of our Elevate, uh, you know, uh, you know, the uh, leaders of Elevate. I mean, to go to you guys and be able to say, okay, guys, how can we step up our, our uh, capacity to make more disciples in the context of Elevate, right? Even something is, is very intentional as ensuring that the table leader talks to each member at that table you know, and, and it, may, it may not even be that at the table with the rest of the guys is your most effective time to do this, but just have that one-on-one face-to-face and say, hey, man, tell me how you were saved. Tell me how you came to know Jesus Christ. Or to answer or to ask the basic assessment questions, hey, brother, do you, do you believe that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Okay, well, if you were to stand before God and he was to say, why shall I let you in heaven, what would you say? Again, as I said yesterday, I think if we sat down one-on-one with every single person that attends Crossgate Church, we would probably be shocked at the number of people who, who don't even have a, a, a basic, clear understanding that, that you're saved. You would probably get a lot more works-based answers to that question. Let's put it that way, right? So how, how, how do we as ministry leaders at Crossgate Church across the board, I mean in every aspect, how do we intentionally uh, raise the bar on making more disciples? Again, great, great example for me. I'll be leading our men again downstairs. Uh, you know, some of those men I know very well. I know for a fact that they're saved. We've talked about it before. But we'll always have some guys in there that I just don't know that well, right? So should I make an assumption that just because they're coming on Wednesday night, they're saved? Or should I intentionally take time? Again, this may take place after the meeting. I just pull one guy aside. Hey, man, let's talk for a minute. Or set up a time, some other time outside of Wednesday nights for me to sit down and get very, very specific and just say, hey, brother, let me... Let me hear your testimony. How, how did you come to know Jesus? You know, you know, just that that kind of level of intentionality is is what I'm talking about. And again, you know, we we, we tend to always want to default to what's easier. And generally, in churches, it's easier to talk about better disciples. Although even that's a challenge. 
than, than to simply talk about more disciples. Yeah, and uh, I love that you that you kind of put them both in perspective together uh, because I think they, they do work together well. And, you know, when I, a lot of times when I think about making more disciples, I grew up in a church culture where, you know, you went out on visitation on Thursday mm-hmm. nights and we went and knocked doors and said, this is what we're going to go do at this time in this place. And certainly there's room for that. Um, but I think what you're saying is that this, this intentionality to make more disciples is a lifestyle. And that's what we're trying to build. It's in every context. Anytime we're with another person, um, we're thinking about how do I get into their life, like you said yep. during the message. And we're asking ourselves, you know, where, where will I have an opportunity to ask them the so, most important Soul consciousness. Question. You know, every single person we talk to is either saved or lost to even think on that level. Right? I mean, most people are not even remotely thinking on that level. So to start out the day to say, God, please fill me with your Holy Spirit today. And as I'm out and about, as I'm engaging with people, bring that to mind. Every, soul consciousness. Every single person I talk to is either saved or lost. And then I certainly I don't want to make assumptions about their spiritual condition. And as you said, Lord, help me to find a way into this person's life. Yeah, that's great. Well, I am certainly excited about the rest of this series, but more than that, I'm just moving forward this year and seeing what the Lord does and, and building a culture of many more in 24. Pastor Phil, thank you so much for your time and looking forward to next week. Me too, Keith. God bless you, friend. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.